Hey there, everybody in Internet land. This is Glenn. And this is Linda. And you're listening to Preparing Your Heart for Worship podcast. We are so glad to have you with us again. Well, folks, Christmas is here, and I so much hope you are enjoying the festivities this year. This is such a wonderful time of the year, and most of all, all are remembering the time when Jesus came to us on earth as a little baby. What a joy he has brought us, and that joy resounds this time of the year with well wishes and from so many words and Christmas cards and all those many Merry Christmas wishes. And we love the Christmas music. What a wonderful opportunity to share Jesus in song with so many. Never before in recent times have we seen such a need for the message of peace that he brings to us. We could list so much that is going on today that is wicked. Men's hearts are becoming cold. How much longer will we have to share the good news? I'm no longer looking for signs of the time. I'm looking for Jesus. No one knows the hour or time when our Lord will return, but never before have all the signs of such a time been so prevalent. Well, it's a beautiful time of the year in any case, and our song this week looks at our Savior and reflects on the reasons he came. Blessed Redeemer is our song, and the words are like this. Up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn, walk Christ my Savior, weary and worn, facing for sinners' death on the cross, that he might save them from endless loss. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now I see him on Calvary's tree, wounded and bleeding for sinners pleading, blind and unheeding, dying for me. Father, forgive them, thus did he pray, even while his lifeblood flowed fast away. Praying for sinners while in such woe, no one but Jesus ever loved so. Oh, how I love him, Savior and friend. Oh, can my praises ever find end, though yours unnumbered on heaven's shore. My tongue shall praise him forevermore. Usually the text for a hymn is written before the music, but not in the case of this hymn. The tune Redeemer, or Blessed Redeemer, was composed by Harry Lowe's. Harry Lowe's was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan, on October 20, 1892. He served as music director at a variety of churches before becoming affiliated with Moody Bible Institute, which he later joined. One Sunday, Lowe's heard a sermon on Christ's atonement entitled Blessed Redeemer. Inspired by that sermon, he composed a tune he thought would be appropriate to the feeling inspired by having a blessed Redeemer. Then he sent that tune and the title to his friend, Avis Christensen, a 25-year-old poet. She had already written a few hymns that had been published and responded with the three verses in the chorus we have today. Avis Bergeson was born in 1895, lived in Chicago all her life. Avis's talent was nurtured and inspired by her grandmother. Avis had been writing poetry, poetry since the age of 10. Our song describes what our Redeemer did for us and what our response should be. 
Stanza 1 pictures Christ on his way to Calvary to die for our sins. Calvary is the Latin name for the hill Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified. Luke 23:33 says, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on one side hand and one on the, one on the right hand and one on the other left. One of the basic facts of Scripture is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15.1.4 says, We find, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you were saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he arose the third day according to the Scriptures. His purpose in doing this was to save us from endless loss. We read in 1 Timothy 1.15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all adaptations that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. The second stanza pictures Christ on the cross with the great love that he had. Christ's love for sinful mankind is seen in his prayer that his crucifiers might be forgiven. As we find in Luke twenty-three thirty-four, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lot. It was the shedding of his blood that made remission of sins possible. Matthew twenty-six twenty-eight tells us, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is said for many in the remission of sin. Given the fact that all have sinned and thus deserve eternal punishment, there is no act of love greater than what Jesus did in giving himself for us. We read in Ephesians 5, 2, Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and have given himself for us as an offering, and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Stanzas 3 pictures Christ as the object of our praise for being our Savior and friend. Because of what he has done for us, Christ is worthy of our loving him with all our heart. Mark twelve twenty nine tells us, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Also, because what he has done for us, he is worthy of our praising him with our lips. Hebrews thirteen fifteen reads, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And the hope of Christians is to love and praise him forever in heaven. Revelations 5, 9 through 10 says, And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. 
and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth, the earth. The chorus focuses our minds on the suffering that Jesus experienced for us by his death on the cross. Now let's have forgiven sing this wonderful old song with such a heart gripping message. <laughs>
Savior and friend. How can my praises ever find end? Through years unnumbered on heaven's As we picture Christ this Christmas at the Christmas scene, and Jesus is at the manger, the angels are in the sky, and the shepherds are in the field, and the wise men bringing their gifts, let's remember his life that was before him. At this time, Jesus came to us to live a perfect life as the God-man of creation. And in spite of all man's hateful sin and rejection, he came to give his life for us and take our punishment. As we look at the infant, does he realize he's God? If not, when did he become aware? Now, those silly things probably don't mean any, anything, but my mind wanders to those thoughts. I think about Mary and Joseph's starting their family there in this unusual way. I think perhaps they didn't know all the things that at that time. The Bible says Mary pondered these things in her heart. And Jesus learned that Mary was pregnant. He was ready to put her away quietly and not make a scene and ruin a reputation. So I suppose they learned these things along the way through their experience. At that time, the salvation was by faith of the Savior to come. The Messiah was coming in the future. One might say that Mary and Joseph's faith was that, that this reality, this was the reality of the promise of the coming Messiah. Here is the baby Jesus with all his life before him. He would live a perfect life without sin while suffering all the temptations that you and I go through. But he never would yield to temptation. He remained holy and acceptable before God the Father. He grew up to be a carpenter like his earthly father, Joseph. He freely became a sacrifice for our sin debt. 
I sometimes wonder of his life. What it was like. There are parts that we really don't know about. The Bible says that he came not to save our souls only from eternal destruction, but he come to give us abundant life in our lives that we have now. I think back on my life and remember so many of the blessings in my life. I have found such memories. I have found such memories. I remember the old swing on the front porch of Granddad's house where we sat and talked for hours with, with cousins and others. I remember that old gravel road that ran between Gretz Hill and Ointon. I was allowed to ride on that road, in fact. I learned to drive there. There was a man-made lake at the bottom of the area there, and in the winter we could ice skate, uh, scoot, I'd say, not skate, because we didn't have any skates. And in the summer we'd swim there. All the brothers were taken out of school at 16 when and they went to work on the farm. Granddad believed that all the kids would live on the farm and help work it and raise their families there. Howard was the oldest, and he lived straight across the road from Granddad. And Charlie Ray, better known as Gook, took up working on farm machinery and tractors and trucks and cars. Finally, Gook ran the Gratz garage but he remained close to the farm and fully supported. Ireland was the next, uh, and he lived next to a granddad, uh, separated only by a huge garden. Old Ireland used to get the butt end of every joke. It was just his personality that made it, because he made such a big deal out of it. When they went fishing almost every time, they would throw him out of the boat into the river. I remember one year, I was, uh, he was going to be the target in a ducking booth. That's one of those devices people buy tickets and throw at the target, and when they hit the bullseye, the seat would fall out from under the person, and down he'd go into the swimming hole, which is a big old bath, big old tub of water. Now, the target is small, and it's very hard to make a solid hit on it and trip that mechanism. So he wasn't too worried about it getting in the water too often. But his brothers had other plans. They put a string on the trigger device, and every time somebody threw a ball, they pulled the trigger. And while hiding in weeds behind the booth, and needless to say, he got dunked every time. Everybody else could see what was going on, and laughter was a theme of the day. Arlie didn't take it lightly, which was why they always were doing it. He made his usual remark that it was a dirty trick. I was no stranger to picking on Ireland either. One time, we went outside the house at night, and Ireland, he goes to, work, goes to bed early, just after dark, and we slipped up to the house and slipped a nail under the wooden slat next to, the, next to his window and hid out in front of the window, out where he couldn't see us, and we hid there to watch. Now, if you pull a string tight and you rub rosin on it like we use on the fiddle bowl, it'll make a string creak and screech like nothing you ever heard. It sounds like a wood is being pried right off the balls. 
Well, I pulled the string right tight, and I made some short, short screeching sounds under the, uh, and now the nail under the, the wood is amplified through the whole house. And I mean, it's convincing inside the home. I had, I had some practice with this little trick, and I had become quite good at it. After a few short scratches, I could see the movement in the bed. I was sure I'd got his attention. We would wait a while and then do it again. Finally, he got distressed enough, he began to get up and get dressed. We watched him putting on his pants, and he was lift his leg up, put his trousers in the in, in leg, and then we would rake that thing and, and squeak and stop. He would set his foot back down. And when he'd start again, pick up his foot, put back in that leg, we'd scrape it again. We'd, we watched and laughed him till it hurt us. Just before he got his clothes on, we slipped up and quietly removed the nail and got out of there. Poor Arlen never knew what it was. During regular times, Arlen was fun to be around, and he had many wonderful old stories. Billy and Barbara were Arlen's twin children, and they were both cousins of mine, and I always looked forward to being with them. Bill had a watermelon patch, and we loved to visit. We talked about cutting tobacco and hanging it in a barn, and I remember everybody in the stripping room stripping that tobacco into grades, and they would, when they got through, they'd put it in a, uh, in a, uh, uh, they'd uh, wrap it all up, and they'd put it in a, in a, uh, a, a uh, presser and uh, mash it down. They'd make it easier to haul because it'd be flat. They went to market on a truck or a wagon, and they sold it at auction. Everybody would wonder what price the tobacco would bring. My uncle would, my uncle and my dad, they'd raise a, a cow and butcher it and, and uh, put it in the freezer. We all loved to climb up the rafters in the barn or up the tall trees, and we, we had a double row of, of trees down the front of Granddad's yard, and I remember one in, instant of climbing up the tree in Granddad's yard, and it was one of those rather tall trees that was up close to the house. I decided that evening to make a record climb, and up I went, higher than I'd ever gone before. I got up there where the limbs were getting kind of thin and went a little too far. And my weight was a bit too much on the limb to hold me. Then come the thunders cracked and gravity took over. The tree was full of a lot of limbs sticking out all over the place. And I bounced off of it and thank God for that because it slowed me down. But I was, I, I, was, <laughs> I was moving fast on that moving elevator down. And I was shouting, I'm falling. And Billy went to laughing and couldn't stop. Never mind, I'd fallen out of the huge tree to my possible death. And for sure, major bodily damage. It seemed to me that it had made his day to see me fall. And when I get to heaven... I'm going to ask him, what was so funny about that? Billy has long since gone on to heaven. I praise God I was not hurt that night all that bad. 
I had some scratches and from whizzing back by the branches. And I got tangled up in thank God. And I had a knot on my head where I had landed. Dad said it was a good thing I landed on my head. It was the only thing to save me. I'm still trying to figure out what he meant by that. I learned to play music in my attic. That was my playing room. And it was hot up there. We opened up the windows at each end so a breeze would go through it. I would sit up there and toot my metal clarinet Dad had rented for me. And the summer I had finally learned to get that summer, I finally learned to get a sound out of it. Well, when I went to school that fall, they told me that I'd been playing it with a reed upside down. Supposed to go on your bottom lip, Dr. Talton. Well, I hadn't had any instructions, and I really didn't know, but I was embarrassed and felt stupid. The school year before that, I had taken up the flutophone, and while I had not uh, while I had not been much of a student on any subject, I got I got behind uh, that year, and I was out a lot with Terry Sick and me. I had the measles and the mumps all in the same year. But there was one thing I excelled at, and and the teacher said that that was music. So Dad became confident in my confident in my music promise, and rented me a clarinet. Dad and I sat for hours. He sat with his guitar, me with clarinet. He played the notes to me one at a time, and I'd find them. First song I ever learned was whispering. And the second one was five foot two. From then on, I kind of had the thing of it, the hang of it, and I began to find those notes in my head. And every song popped up, I learned it. My dad was a great encourage to me, encouragement to me in my music, and so it was mom. But she didn't play. We played in talent shows and contests everywhere within a hundred miles of where we lived. My dad was pleased with me, and that meant so much. Dad taught me so much about music, and I am so grateful. I was blessed to have a God that I have a dad that cared so much about his family. There was always music in the house. Dad had a radio program. Dad was always playing music with his friends and family. Never did I entertain the thought of would I play music. It was only what what instrument would I play. I was born with it in my blood, and I ended up playing a whole lot of things. When we're always we were always uh, having fun and pulling jokes. I had a rattlesnake, rubber rattlesnake that looked absolutely terribly real. And I'd put a, spring, a string on it, and somebody come by would pull it and scare somebody to death. We had a we had a basement in our in our uh, in our home, and we actually dug that basement out with a pick and a shovel. There was a there was square dancing at the park, and Dad's band would would uh, play, and and he had a a square dance caller to. Uh, to call the, the the dance, I remember riding the bikes. We built we built ramps and to jump our bikes on, 
And we built a tree house. And once I built a wooden car and coasted down the hill in it. In the rainy snow time, we made a chain of sleds and tied them on the back of a car. And I remember spending lots of time in an old wrecked car that belonged to Dad. And I sat and listened to the radio. I remember seeing the flying blimps go over and airplanes riding in the sky. One time I saw a flying wing. We always had steam engine uh, trains and we washed them from the backyard everywhere I lived. And the choo-choo sound and the black smoke streaming out of the chimney. Once in a while we even rode our bikes to Georgetown. On the railroad. <laughs> we had a swimming bowl over there at the Highlands. And one time dad got us swimming there. And he told us not to. <laughs> we loved going camping over the fields close to her home. Just camping overnight. I could go on and on. Because my life has been abundant. Just like God promised. You see, I haven't begun to talk to you about my later teen years or my adult times. Through my latter teen years and adult times, I, it was wonderful too. There's much more. I'm 80 years old now, and I've been through some rough times. The last three years, at least, with my health. But God's bringing me out of that now. God is so good. I know this for sure because I've experienced it. I've lived it. This is my testimony to you. And God has made me, made, has been so good to me. Now listen, he never promised us we'd have an easy life. He, actually, he said we Christians would have a rough life. But I tell you, it has been wonderful with Jesus and his grace is sufficient. My friends, I care about you, each and every one of you. I want to share this wonderful life with you. I want you to have it. God wants you to have it. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus and nothing else, I invite you to do it today. God loves you, and he has shown you his love by dying on the cross. I beg you to receive his gift of salvation today. If you'd like to talk to me more about that, you can email me, and I'd love to respond to you. My email address is glenn.dawson at twc.com or glenn at saxonmusic.com. First name Quinn has two ends in it, so don't forget that. God has been gracious to allow us this podcast, and we are thankful for this. Even though we did not ask you to win for money, we have had help from our audience. And when our songs are played, you know, we receive a stream, a small streaming royalty. We get five cents. So we want to thank you for listening to our songs. Listen to our music while you are traveling or working around the house or whatever you're doing. We trust you enjoy the music 
and pray it's a spiritual blessing to you. Remember, you are helping keep our ministry going just by listening. If you don't have a streaming service already to listen to our music for free, just sign into YouTube Audio Channel, and that's at, at www.youtube.com forward slash at we are forgiven to listen to 170 of our songs. We have a video channel there also. You can check that out too. If you have Alexa or Echo, just say, play the music of Glenn Dawson and listen as long as you like for free. If you're not getting our newsletter, go to our website at glennnedawsonea.com and click on newsletter. Well, folks, that concludes our podcast this week. It's been a joy to see you again, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Till then, God bless you, and remember, we We love love you all. all. Bye Bye for now. now.